Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Legacy Exchange episode two. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Taylor Janet, and I will pass it off to my grandfather, who will kick us off with a prayer. Hi, Taylor. This is George Miles, your other co-host, 82 years old, and so excited to be part of this, this uh, exchange, Legacy Exchange. But I wanted to start off with a prayer because prayer has been part, part of my life. And, and uh, the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. 1 Chronicles 4.10. Wonderful. Thank you so much. As you all can see from the title, in this week's episode, we'll be discussing... Gen Z, my me, versus the silent generation, which is my grandfather's generation. I'm not sure if that, that, that's silent, Taylor, but... I don't know about that either, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> so this was actually your idea. So what inspired you to pick this as a topic for this week? Taylor, you know, I've always been interested in talking to young people mm-hmm. and talking to and learning from people and listening to people. And I said to myself, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, a sports podcast, because I always listen to sports. And I said, you know, wouldn't be a great idea if this, let me listen to my younger generation. To kick us off, I pulled some interesting tidbits about each generation. I, first of all, learned something in this research process. I... I thought that all older people were called boomers. Like, I thought that was as old as it got. So when I looked it up and found out you weren't a boomer, that you're actually what's called the silent generation. Silent generation is people born between 1928 to 1945, by the way. And tell us, what year were you born? 1941. 1941. So he's right in there towards the end of the silent generation. And the boomers would come after that. But I didn't realize that a lot of people who are in their 80s are not boomers, but a part of the silent generation. Well, you know, you know what, Taylor, it's really interesting because I think 1941 on was after the war. And, and when the war came, when the war was over, a lot of soldiers came home and they were so glad to see their wives, they made babies. And that's why you had the booming generation. That's where that come from, the boomers. <laughs> that makes sense yeah so from my research here's what i learned i'll share it with with our listeners people born in the silent generation like you said experienced the significant historical events such as the end of world war ii and the cold war so the period itself is marked by a sense of conservatism traditionalism as many people sought stability right after the war. So exactly what you said. Often referred to as silent because they were t- they were typically expected to be seen but not heard, conforming to societal norms and expectations, and not questioning authority. Now, what I was going to say is that it's interesting because the silent generation, which I included, also includes not so silent because at the end of World War II, uh, a lot of us were sick and tired of being as human beings in this country. So we were like in the forefront 
of the civil rights movement. If you check the ages of a lot of the civil rights leaders, like Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson and a lot of them, they were out of my generation. Muhammad Ali is out of my generation. So we weren't so silent. We were silent till it got to a point where we said, enough is enough. I love that. Um, in terms of technology, I think it was really interesting reading about your generation. People in your generation, you included, witnessed the advent of color television and the Tell, I can I can remember the day we got our first television. Forget color like? television. And we would always listen to radio. Radio was it for us. What was it like the day you got your first TV? We were we were like the first uh, family on our block to get a TV. And uh, we used to have all the guy, kids in the neighborhood used to come over and watch TV. My father explained to me that we we're going to watch a baseball game on television. And I said, what? How could you watch a baseball game on TV? Then when I saw it, I was so disappointed. I remember watching the Brooklyn Dodgers because I was living in New Jersey. And I was so disappointed that I saw this little screen. I said, how could that be? But you know the history. They say the rest is history. And that's what happened. That is so cool. So you got your first television. You remember it clear as day. And the transition from radio being the primary source of entertainment to television and for news as well, not just entertainment. Well, uh, you know, Taylor, not only that, uh, was our primary, I can remember even some of the programs on the uh, radio. Well, some of them are, that carry over to TV, like The Shadow, The Shadow News. <laughs> A couple of those old programs, The Green Hornet, uh, some of those old programs that were on radio only. Many, 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 many programs that were on radio that were strictly radio that transitioned to TV. But then what happened was a lot of the folks couldn't make it over TV because they didn't have the face for TV. Oh, <laughs> oh that'll do it. <laughs> so, so when you hear somebody say, you have a, a face for radio, you, that, you know that's not a compliment. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So moving into Gen Z, do you know much about my generation? No, tell me, baby. So Gen Z, to contrast you, is marked by their early exposure to the internet, social media, phones. We're really the first generation to grow up with this new digital age. So Gen Z is extremely tech savvy, deeply intertwined in the world of digital communication from a very young age. They can collect, they can connect with people across the world with different cultures at the click of a button. In general, Gen Z is more diverse and liberal than previous generations. They tend to be more comfortable with social change, including higher levels of racial, sexual, and gender diversity. They tend to be more educated with having access to vast amounts of information and learning resources online from a younger age. In contrast to your generation, where you grew up following the end of the World War II and the Cold War, 
we grew up with 9-11 happening when we were younger, the Great Recession of 2008, and more recently, the COVID-19 pandemic, which affected all generations, but really hit Gen Z as it's that, you know, developmental part of your life. I was, what, 21 when it happened, and I think younger Gen Z was still in high school, but really impacting the financial outlook of Gen Z and their career trajectories. The changes were so doggone fast. I mean, I can remember clearly one day my father, who's in heaven, said to me, what is this email stuff you're all talking about? And I said, Pop, I can't explain to you. He was blind, so he couldn't see it. But he, he heard us talking about getting an email. And, you know, this is whenever it was, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. And um, I couldn't explain to him what an email was. That times have changed because his, his generation was going to the post office, dropping off, sending stuff out, email, airmail, or get there in a couple of days, put a stamp on it, make sure you're in. But everything was kind of handwritten. That's the generation before me. Yeah. At least I'm a bridge between the two. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of a bridge, but we're a bridge. For today, I picked a few topics, and I thought it would be fun if we just go back and forth, contrasting our different experiences with these topics. So we kind of hit on the general definitions of Gen Z versus the silent generation, but now we'll go into our own unique experiences. So let's let's kick it off with technology. How did technological advancements during your childhood influence your daily life and your personal growth? Well, that's a good question, Taylor. I, uh, I, when I got out of the Army in uh, 1965, 19, uh, 60, yeah, 65, 66, I, uh, w- I used to hear this thing about computers, and I was so afraid of it. I literally went back to school and studied what this thing called computer because I was afraid of it. I didn't want it because I wanted to go into business, but I didn't know how to deal with this thing called computers. So I became proficient at it. I just studied and studied and studied. And I, when I went to work for Tushros, I became one of the leading technical guys because I studied it scared the heck out of me. Anything I get scared of, I really try to study and make sure I understand it. That's so interesting because I actually, and this, I don't think it's the case. I'm not sure with the younger generations, but when I was in school, we had computer class. So I also studied the computer, but I think these new, like the younger kids, like the five and six year olds, I think they just know how to work computers. I don't think yeah, they're, they're born with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I took computer class too. It was fourth grade. <laughs> So I think we have that in common. I was in college before I even knew anything about what a computer was. And then it was these big old uh, mainframes, I guess you would call it. I got more technology in this phone here than I had in that, that big old four. I forget what the number was, but it was really interesting. Definitely. How did like not having computers up until most of your education impact how you did in school. So 
Did you like go to the library? How did you get your information to do your projects? Well, we did a lot of work at the library one, but we also used something we call encyclopedias. And you want information about a certain topic, you go look it up in the encyclopedia. You don't go look it up on Google or anything like that. But that was the main source of information. And that's how you learn. I remember the encyclopedias too. Did you? I do. I'm Gen Z, but I'm an old Gen Z. I'm a cusper between Gen Z and millennial. Gen Z, actually, I don't think I said it before, is people born from 1997 to 2012. So I was born in 1999. So I'm on the older side (laughs) of Gen Z. Well, I learned something today myself. Yeah. And my niece, who is actually 13, is also Gen Z. And it's so crazy to see how she sees the world and experiences it versus how I do, because we're still in the same generation, but on completely different sides of it, which is kind of cool. It makes up the uh, idea of a generation. It's not you itself, but it's what the world presents you with, the information you are with and how you deal with that. That's what makes you a Gen Z versus a silent generation. Um, I don't know who determines the years, but I, I'm starting to understand it more with Gen Alpha, the newest generation, because with them, they're babies when COVID happened. They're likely not going to fully remember it. Um, some won't have the first few years of preschool or kindergarten. And I'm sure that's going to impact how they act as adults. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a huge thing. In the same way, I don't remember 9-11 happening, but I also don't know what the airport looked like or times before 9-11 were. And I'm sure that also shaped how I carry myself. So I think with this new generation, just seeing how they adapt and grow up virtually going to school or starting school later, a lot more kids are homeschooled now due to the the school shooting. So I think all of those different like things play a big impact into how these people will grow up. So I think it'll be interesting watching the future generations, you know, continue to grow. Well, you know, Taylor, you just brought up something about these school shootings, which I think is a, a, a disaster to think about it. Mm-hmm. But when we went through, in my generation, we used to have uh, practice for air raid drills Ooh. because we, ne- we never knew if the enemy was the Cobra and drop a bomb on us. So, we used to practice getting underneath our desk or going into the closet uh, because of uh, because of an air raid drill from the enemy. It could have been Japan. It could have been uh, anywhere, Germany or any of those countries that were our so-called enemies at the time. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So we went from air raid drills to active shooter drills. Yeah, exactly. Can't, can't right. get a break. Okay. Let's move on to a a lighter topic. Let's talk about friends. How did you communicate with your friends when you couldn't see them in person? Well, talk on the phone. Gotcha. But the the phone was usually a party line where you pick up the phone and could be somebody else on the line because they were a party to your line. So you, you, or you can like some of us did or didn't do, I'm not going to say this, 
But we used to listen in on the conversation. Uh-oh. <laughs> Our neighbors. You know Pop-Pop wouldn't do that, right, Taylor? Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But, it's a little sneaky. <laughs> but they, they had party lines. I think we had all over the country. You know, didn't have enough wires to go around the country. So uh, you couldn't have your own private line like you have on on um, on a telephone now. But that's the way it was. And we and we communicated people who moved away. We would write a letter. Mm, okay. Dear so-and-so, how are you doing today? I am doing fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I would say that for our generation in terms of communication, again, being on the older side of Gen Z, I got my first phone when I was like eight or nine, like a cell phone. Um, but before that, it was email and we would email each other. And that was our main way to communicate. Or we would call like each other's like house phones and ask to talk to like, you know, hi, is so-and-so there? Um, but once we got our own phones, that was game over. And it wasn't like the iPhone yet. The iPhone came out, I think I was third grade. But it was, you know, the flip phones and that was so fun. But as soon as the iPhone came out, it was it was a wrap. We were it was game, game over then, right? Yeah, yeah. Because with the flip phones, you had a certain number of like calls and texts that you could do. Like, oh, you have like 240 messages or whatever. But with iPhone and iMessage, you could talk to your friends as much as you want. Group texting was easier. And when you left the country, you could communicate for free via iMessage without having to pay that international fee, which was pretty cool. And now we have like FaceTime and Zoom and all the things. You're going away in a couple of weeks to, to Paris. I am. How are you going to communicate back and forth? Are you going to be able to do FaceTime and stuff like that? Absolutely. Oh, I look I'm, forward to it. I'm also going to have my international travel plan so you'll be able to communicate with me oh good yes i'm very excited for my trip i haven't been on vacation in quite some time what were some of your hobbies and pastimes as a kid like what'd you do for fun well i played sports Taylor. my my i got indulged in baseball football and uh, basketball that was it uh, those were my hobbies that's how I stayed active. Um, some of we had good athletes in our in our neighborhood. Some of them went on to be college players, and some of them didn't make it. The other thing that kept me occupied was the YMCA. I used to go to the Y all the time, spend my time at the Y playing sports. As I eventually got a job at the Y, when I was in college, I ended up working supervising sports at the YMCA. I made my living going, working part-time at the Y. In fact, I almost had a scholarship to go to Springfield, Mass, to go to YMCA school. Really? But, yep. I enjoyed the Y. The Y was, was a savior for a lot of us in the neighborhood in Orange, New Jersey. Did you, um, I know you have a lot of siblings. Did you ever play sports with like your brothers and sisters? Oh yeah. In fact, since I was the oldest, I coached a lot of them. Oh. And, and uh I was the 
when I was in college, I coached uh, a team called the Whippers, and we beat the Crosstown team. I'll never forget that. Uh, so we, we, we played a lot of sports. Some of us are better than the others. My brother Joe was pretty good. Bob was okay. Frank was okay. My sisters didn't participate in sports the way women participate in sports today. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Let's talk about, oh, this is a fun one, dating. What was dating like as a teenager? How'd you meet people? All that good stuff. People married or dating people who they went to school with. I couldn't, I didn't have a car, so I couldn't drive anywhere. I couldn't communicate, but I didn't have email. So uh, we, that's how we met. That's if you didn't have a lot of friends in school, you didn't have a lot of friends to date. Wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> wow. I was even talking to my grandma Mildred, and I asked her how she'd met Grand Terry. And um, she said, oh, yeah, we went to fifth grade together. And I was like, really? It's so crazy that, you know, right. you meet your, your partners at school that was never going to be the case for me because I went to an all-girls school my entire life. Um, so dating looked different. And I'd say for my generation, a lot of people meet through dating apps. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. These dating apps that go on that exist today. Which dating app do we talk about the most? Bumble. I used to wear, I used to wear the hat you gave me where it says Bumble. Yeah, I remember going into a, a restaurant and somebody said, do you know what that means? That's a dating app. And I looked at this well, This is my wife of 50 years. That's how we met <laughs> on a dating app. It's a joke. They got it. That's it's so funny. Yeah, I worked for Bumble for like a semester when I was in school. It was a really fun job, um, but we got so much like merch and stuff. So. Um, he became the unofficial Bumble ambassador. Well, it looks like we're coming up on time. So anything you want to say, hearts and minds, to close us out? Dale, I really enjoy I've enjoyed these conversations. I look forward to week three. And by the time we get to week three or four, we may be able to talk about your trip. Oh, yes, definitely. I would love that. <laughs> This was a really fun conversation, getting to know more about you and growing up. It seems like we had some similarities that I didn't even know we had with like computer classes or email and some huge differences as well, which was really cool to talk about. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Thank you again to our listeners for tuning in, for the feedback, for the love and for the questions. Uh, continue to ask them. And maybe we can do a Q&A next. I think that would be fun. Ask us all your questions. <laughs> great. I look forward to it, Jill. Thanks a lot. Bye, everyone. Have a great week.